minds that plot destruction Sorcerer of death's construction In the fields of bodies burning As the war machine keeps turning Death and hatred to mankind Poisoning Welcome to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia on the National Community Radio Satellite. Listen to the Anarchist World this week, Australia's sacred cow, Slaughterhouse. Listen to analysis of local, national, international events. Listen to analysis you'll never hear anywhere else. Welcome to the Anarchist World This Week, broadcast across Australia via the Community Radio Network. My name's Joseph Scarner, and I'm hosting today's Anarchist World This Week. And once again, we go down that well-trodden path. What is anarchy all about? Is it about rape, pillage, and power? No. Anarchos, from the Greek, without rulers. Think of all the wars that have occurred from time immemorial. Think of all those people who have been trying to impose their will on others because they have the truth on their side. Well, anarchism is a society without rulers, not without rules. It's a society which involves people in the decision-making processes, not just representation, but in the decision-making process. A society where wealth is held in common and used for the common good. So if you want a bit of excitement in your life, don't become an anarchist. If you want a bit of hard work, talking, drudgery, organising, working, changing things, well, this is the we are the people for you. Anarchist society is a society without rules, a society based on direct democratic principles where the people involved decision, make that decision and elect or appoint delegates to coordinate those decisions at a local, regional and national level. It's a society where wealth is held in common. We do live in the Commonwealth of Australia, although wealth isn't held in common, obviously, in Australia. We all know that. So let's start off with a few things that are happening in the next day or two, just to keep people informed. Now, I'd like to remind all those people who are involved in the Toscano for Northcote by-election campaign, we are having a, you know, legs up Mother Brown, well, a shinding quiet gathering this evening, Wednesday, the 29th of November, at Conjo Ethiopian Restaurant, 20 Smith Street, Fitzroy. So if you're involved in the campaign, if you stood out in the rain, if you stood out in the heat, if you letterboxed, if you trudged through, you know, the inner city uh, suburbs of of the Northcote electorate, pop down, 20 Smith Street, Collingwood, across the road from Community Radio Station 3CR. Join us. I'll be there around 6pm and I'll be there till about 10pm. Good opportunity to meet other people involved in the campaign, chat about what happened and possibly get ourselves organised for something else in the next uh, year or so. So that's the important thing is that I respect the efforts which were made by the volunteers on my campaign. I can assure none of them received anything. They were true volunteers. None of them are going to get jobs. 
None of them got any money. A few got a bit of odium, but that's the way it goes. All right, so tonight, Wednesday the 29th of November, Konjo Ethiopian Restaurant, starting at 6pm. Come and join us for a uh, post-election party. All right, now, Sunday, the 3rd of December, is Eureka Day. That's right, it's Eureka Day. It's the 163rd anniversary of the Eureka Rebellion. A rebellion which was based on four principles. Four principles. It was based on the idea of direct democracy. The people involved in the decision made that decision and appointed an elected delegates to carry out those decisions. That's what the mass meetings were about. It's about coming to a consensus on the issues and appointing or electing delegates to carry out those decisions. It was about direct democracy. It was about direct action. What could be more revolution what couldn't be more revolutionary than taking up arms to defend what you believed were your inalienable rights and liberties rights and liberties you were born with rights and liberties nobody could strip away no government could strip away no corporation could strip away no employer could strip away It was about solidarity. It was about people coming together. And they came together through the Ballarat Reform League, which was established on the 11th of November, 1854. They came together to bargain and work collectively, to use their collective strength to change the direction society was going in. Solidarity is the linchpin to any successful reformist radical revolutionary movement. So direct democracy, direct action, solidarity, and last but not least, internationalism. It was about people of all races and religions, cultures, coming together to fight for what were inalienable rights and liberties. I mean... There's a bit of garbage goes on about Eureka Rebellion. And there's two two pieces of garbage. One, the Eureka Rebellion was about mining licences. Mining licences, the abolition of the mining licence was the sixth point on the Ballarat Reform League Charter. The charter was about rights and liberties. The tax... The mining tax was introduced by the Victorian Legislative Council and was introduced on every miner to stop people leaving the squatters' runs and tending their sheep. Instead of taxing the amount of gold that came out of the ground, they decided to tax every miner to stop people going to the gold fields. And obviously it backfired. So think about it. Internationalism. And the Eureka Rove is one of the most extraordinary sentences uttered in human history. And it was uttered on this continent. 
on the 29th of November, 1854 at Bakery Hill, where over 500 armed miners came to Bakery Hill to form the Eureka Stockade and on their way to the Eureka diggings. At Bakery Hill, they took the Eureka Oath. We. We. Not white Anglo-Saxon males. Not short people, tall people, black people, pink people. We. We. The people who are here. We. We swear by the Southern Cross. People think it's a Christian analogy. It is not a Christian analogy. You can only see the Southern Cross in the Southern Hemisphere. And when the miners were in their tents with their children and families, looking into the sky, they saw the Southern Cross. The Southern Cross was a symbol of a new world. The symbol of a world that could be created without the hierarchy and inequalities of the old. So we swear by the Southern Cross. The Southern Cross is a geographical reference. We swear by the Southern Cross to stand truly by each other. Solidarity, to stand truly by each other. And last but not least, to fight to defend our rights and liberties. That's right. We swear by the Southern Cross to stand truly by each other and fight to defend our rights and liberties. Everybody on that gold field believed they had an inalienable right, inalienable rights to share in the wealth, inalienable right to take part in the decision-making processes. They rejected. We had Irish rebels, chartists from England, People involved in the 1848 rounds of revolution across Europe had flocked to this area. At 4am, this Sunday, the 3rd of December, we will once again reclaim the radical spirit of the Eureka Rebellion, a spirit that over the, 160, over the past 163 years, people in authority have attempted to scrub out of our history to scrub it out to throw it out and we now have the ludicrous situation in the city of Ballarat a city which prides itself on the use of the symbols of the Eureka Rebellion where it's local businesses, universities the council that in that city at which the Eureka Rebellion took place at which blood was shed to protect our inalienable rights and liberties, we have the ridiculous situation that never in the 163 year of the Eureka Rebellion has the Eureka flag been flown on the main flagpole on the Ballarat City Hall, not even during the 150th anniversary celebrations in 2004. Extraordinary. And we continue to get Conservative councils refusing, point blank, to fire the Eureka flag because it's not an official Australian flag. As if their hands are going to drop off, as if their heads are going to drop off, as if somebody's going to complain. Extraordinary. This is the type of society we have to celebrate in 
on the 3rd of December. Extraordinary. So join us. It's a Sunday. Good transport. Catch the train. Starts at 4am. We start at Eureka Park for dawn ceremony at the corner of Eureka Street and Stall Street in Ballarat. Simple. 4am ceremony. Join us. This is not a ceremony with, you know, big name speakers. It's a ceremony which allows everybody who has come to this celebration to voice the reasons why they are there in an orderly way. Each and every person there has that opportunity to become involved in that ceremony. It is a democratic ceremony. It is a ceremony which is not based on hierarchical divisions. It is a ceremony you should do once in your life. 4am at the old Eureka Stockade site, the corner of Stall and Eureka Street in Ballarat. You'll notice the lanterns. Join us. Speak your mind. Join us. Usually this year, as last year, Community Radio Station at 3CR will be broadcasting the dawn ceremony live from 4am to 6am. So if you can't make it to Ballarat on the day, you can listen to the live broadcast. You can listen to the live broadcast on Community Radio Station 3CR. You can, if you're in its range, it's free, you can... Go to 855 on the AM dial. If you're not in range, go to the website, 3cr.org.au, 3cr.org.au. It's streaming live anywhere in the world. You can access that dawn ceremony. You can access the broadcast. You can access the emotions of the people there at that dawn ceremony. You can access their ideas. You can be part of that celebration to reclaim the radical spirit of the Eureka Rebellion. At 6am, the dawn's broken. The bodies are on the field. There's dust, there's fires. The police and the soldiers are rioting, stealing, burning down tents, banging wounded people. You can feel the emotion. At 6am, we have a breakfast, a communal breakfast. At the same site, bring your own food and drinks. There's space in the uh, Eureka Memorial Centre. At the same site, have breakfast, have a snooze. Because at 9am, we'll be marching from Eureka Park to Bakery Hill to reaffirm the Eureka Oath. So if you can't make the dawn ceremony, join us at 9am to begin the 13 kilometre march. At around 9.30am to 10.30am, we'll be at Bakery Hill. We'll be presenting the Eureka Australia Day medals to a number of activists who have devoted their lives with little public recognition and a lot of odium to improve the lives of the people around them. That presentation of those Eureka Australia Day medals will occur at around 9.30am. At 10.30am, we walk to the 
Ballarat City Hall to lament the fact there is no Eureka flag on the main flagpole and for stump orations. At about 11.30am, we walk to the old Ballarat Cemetery to pay our respect to all those who have died in the Eureka battle. And we encourage you to get flowers from your garden that night when you're coming up. Bring them with you so you can lay those flowers on the graves of those men who paid the ultimate sacrifice for having the audacity to stand up to defend the inalienable rights and liberties they were born with. From there, and now it's getting a little bit touchy. You find a lot of people be tired and emotional, but I understand it's not going to be hot on the day, which is good. We walk to the Ballarat Trades Hall. Hopefully we'll get there around 1pm. You can buy food as you walk back but uh, we'll be able to uh, have drinks down at Ballarat Trades Hall, have a rest. And then from Ballarat Trades Hall, we'll walk to the Museum of Australian Democracy at Eureka to view the Eureka flag, talk about the Eureka flag, talk about what it all means to us. Afternoon tea. Yes, we do have afternoon tea uh, in Eureka Path. People are basically kind of done the 13-kilometre walk and they're a bit kind of out of it, you know but sharing food and drinks. Now, if you can't walk the 13 kilometres, don't worry. There'll be cars behind the procession to carry people who would have difficulty walking that period, that, that length of... So if you're not physically able to do 13 kilometres, it doesn't matter. If you've got a vehicle, you can tag at the end of the procession. It works out well. And that evening... We have the Eureka Annual Dinner. And this year, it'll be at 146 Humphrey Street in North Ballarat, which is the Queen's Head Hotel, which I understand has a mean, mean uh, chef on that night. Now, you just pay for your food and drinks. If you want to be sure of a seat, you need to make a booking through 0439 395 489. 0439 395 489 or you can um, just email us at anarchistage at but the thing is don't worry about it because there will be space drop in Queenshead Hotel Sunday night 7pm we'll have the Bard performing the Pikeman's Dog which goes for 9 minutes and we've also got members of the West Papuan community who will also be there to entertain us so for no expense apart from what you eat and drink because there's no admission charge. You can come to the dinner or you can take part in any, in any part of the, of the events. It's a matter of getting to Ballarat on the 3rd of December, Sunday the 3rd of December, to celebrate, to celebrate the radical spirit of the Eureka Rebellion, to reclaim that spirit to ensure it's not written out of the history books, to ensure it is continues to be part of the collective consciousness of the people of this country. So I encourage you to join us. You can do all the events or one of the events or you can just let it go. It's up to you. You're not forced to come. But if you want an interesting day, we don't use the word good, but if you want an interesting day, you want to meet interesting people and you want to mark a pivotal event in this country's history, join us 
4 a.m. to 10 p.m. Join us at Eureka Stockade site at the corner of Stall and Eureka Street, Ballarat. Listen to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia on the Community Radio Network. This program is streaming live on 3cr.org.au. That's 3cr.org.au. And yes, I will be there with bells on my toes. And many, many listeners to the Anarchist World this week will be there. And hopefully there'll be people from across Australia who's made that journey, who make that pilgrimage every year to reclaim the radical spirit of the Eureka Rebellion celebrations. Okay, let's move on. And uh, yes, I'll be the guest speaker and I'll be talking about my uh, late wife, Ellen Jose. And I'll tell you why. Because in 2001, Ellen and I, well, we'd been to Ballarat in the 1970s and nothing ever happened for Eureka Day. All they had was a little diorama in Eureka Park and the cannons. But we returned in 2001 to take part in the Eureka Day celebrations. We were told, oh, nothing happens on the day. Um, you'll have to wait till Sunday and there's a few things happening. I thought, and Ellen, Ellen thought, this is totally ridiculous. Here we have men and women involved in this struggle, people who paid the ultimate price, who are not even being honoured on the day. So she suggested that we organise something and it was through her suggestion that we organised the reclaim the radical spirit of the Eureka Rebellion celebrations which we've had since 2002 which we've added more and more events to until the fact that it's the current extravaganza from 4am to 10pm so join us now on to some more boring topics now I'm going to do a Don Burke today that's right I'm going to use the C word and I'm going to use it repeatedly so if you've got soft ears I suggest you turn off the radio that's right because if there's one word you will not hear in polite conversation or impolite conversation that's the beauty in Australia it's the C word now you will hear it in impolite in another incarnation impolite conversation but never in any conversation in this country at any time in this country's history do we hear the C word Capitalism. You like that? Have you... you shocked? you shocked that I've publicly used the C word? Capitalism. You're shocked? Well, you should be shocked. Because here we are, flagellating ourselves about this issue and that issue, thinking this is the key, key to the creation of a fair community... And none of us are willing to mention the C word. None of these great commentators, these great reporters, these great bloggers mention the C word. When it comes to issues, we are big on issues. When it comes to looking at the fundamentals of this society, the role capitalism plays, the role that small section of society that owns the means of production, distribution, exchange and communication play in this society, we never hear about it. And if occasionally it bursts forth, it's kind of expunged from the public record within 24 hours. Think about it. You can have all the marriage equality you want. You can have, you know, 
all the changes to the invasion day you want. But it doesn't fundamentally challenge the foundations this society is based on. It doesn't challenge that those 40 years of globalisation, privatisation, corporatisation and deregulation we've had to suffer over the last 40 years. It doesn't challenge those growing inequalities. And I know people say, well, there really isn't much difference, is there? Well, there is a big difference. And there is a big difference and we can see it. And we see it in the survey after survey. Growing dissatisfaction. Increasing levels of dissatisfaction. Increasing levels of people becoming disillusioned. Increasing levels of rejecting difference and multiculturalism. Increasing levels about pessimism, about the future. And it's all based on the idea that the social elevator has been dismantled and the parts have been sold to the wreckers and they've been refashioned as instruments of oppression. So it's quite likely that you or your children are in a powerless situation today. They will continue to be in a powerless situation in a generation or two generations' time because of the destruction of the social elevator, the, dis- the, leg- the destruction of legislative of legislation which allowed people from exploited backgrounds to put their foot on that elevator and change their lives and change their lives of their community. And that's what Australia was based on. It was based on two things. One, the destruction of people who are living on this continent and the islands around this continent for over 40,000 years. It was based on that. And it was based on the fact that the new people who came, who exploited that destruction, would be able to free themselves of the chains of the past, the inequalities of the past, and create a new society. That's what Eureka was all about. So social cohesion continues to destroy, and it's destroyed because of capitalism. It's not destroyed because we have increasing levels of racism in the community or we have increasing levels of intolerance as far as difference in the community. It's destroyed because the destruction of the social elevator has pitted the exploited against the exploited, has pitted the pessimistic against the exploited. It has averted our gaze from the fact that those sections of society that have gained, that have done very well from the deregulation, privatisation, globalisation and corporatisation revolution, have done very well, that we avert our gazes. We celebrate them. So think about it. And as I said before, housing affordability is central, central to this question. A single pensioner and 33% of the Australian population rely on social security benefits to survive. Spends on an average 
20% of their income on rent. And a couple on Social Security benefits spends 48% of their income on rent. And that housing prices have gone through the roof because of the legislation which has allowed speculators and developers to dominate the marketplace, you know, means that even if you get your foot toehold in the property market, you may be spending 30, 40, 50% of your income paying your mortgage. At least if you're paying a mortgage, there is a possibility that your children may be able to pay off the mortgage in 100 years' time. So housing affordability at the centre. And why is it at the centre? Because of capitalism. Housing is a commodity to be bought and sold. It is not a right. So every time I use the C word, you put your hands across your ears and say, no, 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 I don't want to hear this. I don't want to hear anything about this. And you'll get more of the same. We've seen the Queensland election. We saw the Northcote by-election. I mean, interesting, but boring. Interesting because of, you know, the increasing dissatisfaction with the major parties. Boring because the people, the groups that the Australian people are voting for really have no solutions, no palatable solutions to the current impasse we find ourselves in. They're not talking about refashioning the social elevator to give people the opportunity to escape out of the situation, the exploited situation they find themselves in. See, I don't use the word disadvantage. Disadvantage is crap. It's about exploitation. It's about the fact that some people have got much more than they need and other people haven't got enough. It's very simple. It's exploitation, exploitation of people's labour. It's exploitations of people's expectations. It's all about exploitation. It's very simple. It's about using their gender or their sexual orientation in order in order to exploit them. It's about exploitation. It's not about being disadvantaged. It's about those who exploit are those who make the rules. And, it, and it's interesting, this, this Don Burke fiasco. Think about it. Now, I'm quite confident that most of the people that have opened their mouths have opened their mouths for a very good reason. And what they're saying, I'm sure, is correct. But what I find extraordinary is people have known about this for decades. People in authority have noted about this for decades. And nobody has said, excuse me, Donald, this isn't, ex- this isn't an acceptable way to interact with other human beings. It's not acceptable. People turned a blind eye. Good for business. His show was good for business. Good for the bottom line of the Packers Channel 9. Good for business. Who gives a shit? It's good for business. So you've got all these maggots who are now opening their mouths saying, you know, you know, he's a heel. Who are his employers? Who were in a position of authority, had greater authority than he had? in order? To, and this is the dilemma. And why are people frightened of speaking up? It's very simple. If you speak up in this country, 
we have a culture of marginalising people who speak up. Where there's those tens of thousands of children who complained about sexual abuse, institutional sexual abuse for decades. Whether it was the victims of the stolen generation. Whether it's women who complain about sexual harassment in the workplace. And irrespective of the so-called organisations that have been set up by the state to resolve these issues like discrimination commissioners who've got hardly any power to deal with the situation, the person who puts their hand up gets slapped down. And that's the dilemma. They lose their job. They lose their possibility of promotion. They lose the ability to get a good shift. They lose the ability to get a wage rise. They see themselves shunted aside in the organisation and starve to work and respect because they've rocked the boat. They've rocked the boat. They're troublemakers. Things are hunky-dory. We're making lots of money. Is that C word again? What are you rocking the boat for? Who gives a shit? Why are you rocking the boat with your sexual harassment claims? Why are you rocking the boat with your racism claims? Why are you rocking the boat for this and that? You know, your bullying claims. Be a man. You know, shut up. That's the problem. It's not just an institutional problem. It's a cultural problem. We have a cultural problem in this country. We like to think of, of ourselves as the great revolutionaries, the great dissenters, you know? The ones who stand up to authority, the larrikins. What a load of garbage. As a people, not as individuals, but as a people, we are one of the most subservient lot on planet Earth. Because we learnt a long time ago not to complain. We learnt a long time ago that if you complain, there is a price to be paid. We learnt a long time ago in work situations and social situations that it's a matter of keeping your head down and your bum up and don't complain. Because if you complain, there's the exit shoot on the your, your pinball machine. You know those of you familiar with pinball machines, you go tip, 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 tip. And all of a sudden the ball goes down that exit shoot. And that's what happens to people who complain in our society. That ball goes down the exit shoot and that's the end of your career. And even now, with Mr Burke... Even now, people will not put their names to the complaints because they're working in the entertainment industry and they're still concerned that they will go down that exit chute, that pinball exit chute. So it's this culture of acceptance, not questioning. We don't question. We tend to denigrate those people who question, people like you and me, how many times you've been on a street on a demonstration or handing out a leaflet or trying to interact with the public and you've been abused, spat on, told to get a job because you've got the audacity to stand up and say this needs to be corrected. 
people hunch their shoulders and walk past and look around and think, there's the troublemakers. Not understanding that they are the troublemakers because they refuse not only to stand up but refuse to support those who stand up. And that is the key. Even if you stand up, it's quite likely the ones around you won't stand with you. They will run a mile to ensure they're not, they don't go down that pinball exit, uh, exit lane. Hmm? So it's a cultural, institutional issue. Because we're not talking about something, you know, with just one man. We're not talking just about one little issue. We're talking about many issues which have affected tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people in this country. Now, I remember in the 70s, that's how old I am, I remember in the early 70s about all the stories which were floating around regarding sexual abuse in, in this country's institutions. I remember in the early 70s about the stolen generation. But those of us who brought up those issues in the early 70s were considered to be dirt, garbage, human excrement because we were rocking the boat. So it's that culture of complaint, that culture non that non-existent culture of resistance which we need to develop in our community. And that's what Eureka was all about. It was about reclaiming inalienable rights and liberties. It was about a culture of resistance. It was about saying enough is enough. It's about saying you can't do this to us. We are human beings. I mean, we don't have the thing. We weren't born on the right side of the blanket. You know, when two people fornicated, they weren't the descendants of murderers and rapists and plunderers. You know, like every king and queen on this planet. We weren't descendants of people who call themselves royal or lord or her majesty, highness. What crap words. And we see it today when somebody is born on one side of the sheet, you know, wants to get married. Fine. What's it got to do with me and you? And that's it. It's that culture of being obsequious, that culture of doffing your cap, that culture of kowtowing. And that's what anarchism is about. It's about breaking that culture. It's a culture of questioning. It's a culture of standing on your own two feet. It's a culture of saying enough is enough. It's a culture of standing up with people who have put their hand up in difficult situations. It's a culture of breaking down hierarchy. It's a culture of redistributing wealth. It's a culture of destroying the C-word capitalism. And you have options every day. Every day you have options. Every day we all see things that are not quite right. Yeah, every day. And we tend to put them in the not-quite-right shop. Out of gaze, we just think, oh, maybe I should have stood up. Maybe I should have said something, but the moment comes and the moment goes and the moment comes and the moment goes and the moment comes and the moment goes and nothing ever changes. And that's why we find ourselves in a situation in 2017 where we've got the same political 
non-entities, the same group of people with no vision, who are elected and re-elected time and time again because we as a people are not willing to take that next step. And when something new appears on the horizon, it's a retrograde step. An organisation, political organisations which, you know, promote difference, which promote intolerance, which gain support because of their promotion of intolerance. And when an organisation like public interest before corporate interest tries to get off the ground, an organisation based on the idea that all human beings are equal and have a right to the society's wealth, that we are an inclusive organisation, the traction is minimal. What I thought was going to be a real, relatively simple quest to get 550 members on the Australian electoral roll to register public interests before corporate interests as a federal political party has turned out to be a little bit more difficult than we, the, found, the founders of public interests before corporate interests expected because we have a culture of complaining but when you come to the complainer and you ask them to, you know, walk the walk, not just talk the talk, nothing happens. They run a mile because of that fear, that fear of being identified, that fear of being said to be different. It's just extraordinary. Think about it. You want to join public interest before corporate interest? Give us a ring, 0439 395 489. Down the download, download the application for Pipsy, P-I-B-C-I dot net. This is the Anarchist World This Week, broadcast across Australia on the Community Radio Network. This program is streaming live on 3cr.org.au. The program is podcast. Just go to 3cr.org.au. Yes, you can write to me. Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052. Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052. Two, you can email us at anarchistage at yahoo dot anarchistage at yahoo dot net. So it's very simple, anarchistage at yahoo dot. Yep. Uh, you can, uh, as I said, phone us, email us. Oh, the Facebook page, defend and extend public housing. Have a look at the uh, site. Join us on the thirteenth uh, of December on the steps of the Victorian Parliament House. Defend and Extend Public Housing. Go to my personal Facebook page, Toscano, T-O-S-C-A-N-O, for the public. Have a look at the uh, Eureka Rebellion Celebrations Program. Have a look at the annual dinner. Have a look at the West Papuan uh, Rent Collective do on the uh, 9th of... Uh, Saturday the 9th of December. And the list goes on and on and on. There are things out there. And if you don't like what we're promoting, there are all other people promoting things, promoting resistance promoting you to encourage people not to be compliant but to ask questions, to stand up, to stand up together, support those who stand up. Because if you don't, there's always consequences for the person who rocks the boat. Always consequences. Now, uh, look, I'm interested. Now, I understand another person has been arrested 
in Melbourne in the last 24 hours under the terrorism laws. But it, it is interesting because you wonder about the role that Australia's security agencies have in creating these situations. You really have to wonder, and I'm looking forward to this court case because it looks like the person who's arrested was, uh, you know, was uh, when he's much younger, I think about 18, was um, on the ASIO recruitment list, you know? ASIO's always looking for nice people to give it information. So it'll be interesting. The chicken and the egg. We'll see what happens. All right, I don't want to say much about it. All I want to say is it's it's interesting. It is interesting. Because I have noticed over the years that the role that our security agencies seem to have in a lot of these some of these cases, how whether their role is productive or counterproductive, who knows? So keep your eyes out. Now, I understand that that rogue state, North Korea has launched another missile. Now, I'd like to talk about another two rogue states. As I speak during this hour, around 10 Yemeni children under 10 will have died of starvation. And by the end of the day, about 200 Yemeni children will have died of starvation. And many more would have died because of disease. And we all know that Yemen is in the midst of a particularly protracted, nasty war which has been fought as a proxy war by Iran and Saudi Arabia. And that currently Saudi Arabia, with Australian and American United States support, has placed an embargo, a ring, around Yemen, which is blocking everything from entering that war-torn country, from medical supplies to food. And in the midst of this, we as a people are supporting one of the most repressive, fundamentalist states on the planet. And I'm talking about Saudi Arabia, which is basically a feudal monarchy, which is going through its own succession pains at the minute. So when we talk about terrorists and terrorism and rogue nation states. It seems that we have selective memories in this country. And it's something we should really think about. Why would you put universal sanctions on the Yemeni state to pursue your ends in a bloodied civil war which has been fought by proxy nations, Saudi Arabia and Iran on either side, and see 150,000 children every day die of starvation. This is the biggest human rights issue in the world today. 
I mean, the, the lives of the Rohingya refugees in Bangladesh is horrific. And what they've experienced at the hands of the Burmese army is horrific. But at least they're getting food and a little bit of shelter. Once they've crossed the border. But in Yemen, there's no reprieve. No reprieve. None whatsoever. So when you look at what's happening around the world, you know, look at it. Just look at it. See why it's occurring. Because you can make a difference. We can make a difference if we're willing to stand up. If we're willing to raise our hands, if we're willing to put our head above the parapet, and the more of us that put our head above the parapet, the greater the difference can be made. And it gets better. From the sublime to the ridiculous, it gets better. Now, look, I'm no economist, and I'd be the first one to admit that. I'd be the first one to admit that. But even I, with my simple mathematical skills, can smell, you know, smell a bit of excrement. Now, in Victoria, we have a company which is called Transurban, which was given a 30-year monopoly on tolls. You know, they built a tunnel under a bridge, paid for a tunnel under a bridge, about $6 billion, I think, was it $4 billion. And they're raking in about $700 million every year in tolls. Not bad, when you think about it. Now, they've had this brilliant idea that they want to uh, relieve congestion, you know, by building a tunnel under the Yarra, under Westgate or near the Westgate Bridge, right? But they said, well, we're happy to fund it. You give us the right to to do tolls. And we thought, oh, well, that's fair enough, you know. And But then they said, you need to extend our monopoly on the issuing of tolls on the current roads that we own for another 10 years if you want us to build this tunnel. And the Andrews led Labor government says, hooray, hooray, hooray. You do that, boys and girls. You do that, boys and girls. Extraordinary. This is how you run a state. You know, you talk about housing affordability and all you're interested in is a few more tolls and a few more tunnels. It's just extraordinary. It's an extraordinary situation we find ourselves in. I think it's the word of the day. Extraordinary, isn't it? I think I've used that a hundred times. Because it is extraordinary. Now, you've been listening to The Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia via the Community Radio Network. My name is Joseph Toscano. Don't forget the Eureka Rebellion celebrations this Sunday, the 3rd of December, at Ballarat. Eureka Park, corner of Eureka and Stall Streets in Ballarat, 4am. Celebrations go to 10pm. Don't forget the Eureka Dinner at the Queen's Head Hotel, 158 Humphrey Street, Ballarat, 7pm to 10pm. You pay for your own food and drinks. Should be a great night. Should be a great day. Join us from 4am to 10pm. Now, don't forget, if you uh, assisted me with the, bi- uh, the Northcote by-election campaign in Melbourne, come along to the Conjo Ethiopian restaurant tonight, 6pm to about 10pm. Join in the festivities, a little bit of feedback. See how we went. We'll talk about the campaign, highs and lows. So join us. 
But the important thing is, as I said before, you see somebody standing up, stand up beside them. And if you stand up beside them, maybe somebody else will stand up beside them and somebody else. So we don't let issues fester for 20 years or 30 years or 40 years or 50 years or until perpetrators die. Whether it's a social issue, whether it's an economic issue, whether it's a political issue, you need to stand up. If you don't put your head about the parapet, nothing ever changes. You will continue to live with the rats and the slime and the mud below the parapet. You may have your head blown off, but you have that possibility of climbing out and changing your life radically. If you want further information, you can email me at anarchistage at yahoo.com. Anarchistage at yahoo.com. If you want to make sure you get a seat on Sunday night at the Queen's Head Hotel, Bookings 0439 395 489 or email us at anarchistage at yahoo.com. You don't have to book. Turn up. There's a big long bar. You'll be fine. 0439 395 489, anarchistage at yahoo.com. Go to my personal Facebook page, Toscano, the number for the public. Toscano for the public. Go defend and extend public housing uh, Facebook page. Want to join public interest before corporate interest? Download the application for PIPSI, P-I-B-C, info, I-N-F-O, at pipsy.net. Info at pipsy. Oh, that's the email info. Just go to pipsy.net, pipsy.net. Download the application form. We are looking for 200 new members who are on the electoral roll. Give us a ring now, download the application form, and you can always write to us at Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052. Thank you for listening to the Anarchist World this week, courtesy of the Community Radio Network. This program has been streaming live on 3cr.org.au. The program is podcast. You can access the podcast for the next uh, six to eight weeks by going to 3cr.org.au. We'll see you at Eureka, 4 a.m. this Sunday, the 3rd of December. See you there, right now, for the 163rd anniversary of the Eureka Rebellion celebrations. Thank you once again to the Community Radio Network for broadcasting the anarchist world this week across the country, north to south, east to west, up and down, through every state and territory uh, of the land of Oz. Thank you once again for listening to the anarchist world this week on your local community radio station. Listen in next week via local community radio station, courtesy of the Community Radio Network. Here we go. We're about to blast off. We're on our way to Ballarat. We'll see you there at 4am Sunday, the 3rd of December. See you there. Evil minds that plot destruction Sorcerer of death's construction An analysis you'll never hear anywhere else. Anarchist World This Week. Australia's Sacred Cow Slaughterhouse, 10am every Wednesday. Listen to the Anarchist World this week for an up-to-date analysis of local, national and international events. Poisoning their brainwashed minds. Oh, Lord, yeah.